Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to the best of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. It is a beautiful Friday here in Indianapolis. This can be a nice, nice uh, opening night for high school football. I was thinking Boy, about it's that. Gorgeous on the drive-in. You might actually want potentially uh, maybe another layer tonight, depending on what happens when the sun goes down. We will be at the back nine a little bit later today after our show, uh, right here in downtown. Looking forward to that uh, for our first annual back nine golf outing. And here from 11 a.m. is the start time. I know Jimmy Cook and James Boyd will be there from noon to 3. And JMV from 3 to 6. In typical Friday fashion, we'll have Greg Rakestraw and Matt Taylor join us as, again, it is our final show together. Some are saying emotional. Um, tears of joy or tears of sadness? Well, tears of sleep. You know, you get that sleep in your eye. Listen, I, 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 they made it pretty clear to us, like, just do the show, right? But, uh, and I'll wait until I say this again at three. I'm not going to say it every hour. But, yes, I am excited to go and work with Jimmy and, you know, obviously Eddie and the different guys who have been mainstays at noon and done a great job. James Boyd, I'm sure, will be in, I think, next week as well. I'm excited for all of that. And notably, I I am excited to get my body back on the rhythm that it had been used to for a long time. But that said... You tweet out 6.05 as the alarm. Will you go alarm for the noon show? No. Um, well, I might have to set it for like 10.45 just to be safe. But... Um, I, I would say that my average fall asleep time is around 2 to 3 a.m. And always has been. It still is. But it that all that to be said, and all the flippancy aside and whatever else, yes, it goes without saying, you two guys welcomed me in when we started this show in what I'm sure was not necessarily comfortable. I mean, you didn't pick me as a co-worker. Uh, you were told I was going to be your co-worker. And you guys had already kind of established with each other some working. And so... You brought me in, you allowed me to mesh in, and we have indeed had uh, really a lot of fun. It's not been, it's not like we've done 20 years together, so it's not like, you know, this is different than than big time shows, but um, it is funny. I mean, you know, three hours a morning for almost two years, you get to know each other pretty well, right? Um, I don't know why Mark doesn't eat cereal anymore. I find that peculiar. Kevin, you do appear to be more showered on a regular basis, as do I. In the morning, maybe we just kind of got used to, respectively, in our separate places. Boy, I can't tell you last time I've showered before a show. Really? Yeah. I guess you do wear a hat a lot. I would only shower on the days I was teaching in Bloomington. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. But anyway, it has been fun, um, and... I will definitely miss being with the two of you. I look forward to hearing you with Andy, who I talked to for a great deal yesterday, and I think you'll have fun with him, and I think it'll be a fun listen, and I look forward to hearing the, the first 20 minutes or so of the show before I go to bed. So, there you go. <laughs> before you go to bed? Yeah, sure. Mark Dyson said he was up at 4.30 this morning. I know. Yeah. I ran into uh, you a tummy ache? No, I just got up. Show prep. 
Yeah. <laughs> I ran into Ashley and the girls last night at Grand Park. Mark, that was great to see all of them. They looked oh like they God. had a splendid time in Colt. I would say primarily Colt City for the girls, not a whole lot of let's analyze Justin Fields. No, correct? I think you got scared straight from like having a third after you saw that. Right. You're like, is this the gang? I'm like, yeah. You want one? You want to hold on to one? Yeah, I don't think Rosie's awake right now, but uh, Maddie and I have decided if the third's going to be Rosie, we might hold off. If the third's going to be Max, though, I think we're good okay. with having a third. Yeah, take that risk. Roll those dice, Kev. Is, is that how it works? By the way, do yeah. they get along? Sure. I mean, Mark Mark is at more of the ages that there's probably a little bit more of a back and forth. Uh, Rosie will certainly struggle with sharing, though, once Max becomes of age to demand some things. Okay. Oh, it doesn't go away. They never share. Yeah, sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. And they don't they don't care, I guess, because they don't share. Yeah, uh, last night there wasn't a lot of sharing or caring, I would say, at Colts practice. It was uh, a lot of scuffles. You want to call them fights? I guess you could call them fights. I don't think anything ever got to the point where it was like full-out melee. But in typical joint session two practices, you had a lot of guys that uh, extended things past the whistle. And I think at one point, Shane Steichen actually kicked Farrell Brown, Colts tied in out of practice. Really? I was just like, yeah, dude, you're gone. Now, Do you think that helps him to make the team or hurts him to make the team? I've always heard people say that, um, you know, like if you go to the Senior Bowl practices, those scouts there want to see something crazy, so they're like getting a fight because then they'll say you have an edge and that's what we need on our football team. I think there is some understanding at this point that it's going to happen, right? I mean, there's just so much tension and, and drama and, and just kind of overall fatigue, right, that that goes into, at this point in camp, that nerves are always going to be – nerves is probably the wrong word – that just overall anxieties slash impatience, that's probably a better word, that's going to come into play. But was it good yesterday? Um, I don't know. It was, it was. I thought it was kind of sloppy. Mark, feel free to chime in. I the Colts right now offensively, they're really struggling with penalties. And yeah. I know that sounds like such an elementary thing, but um, I think there were three completions Anthony Richardson had last night that were called back due to ineligible men downfield. And again, I, I almost am like, gosh, we're getting way too deep into the weeds of it. But it did kind of hit me like. And this would be a better question for Joe Wrights. I would think the offensive line for the Colts, they aren't really used to running this type of offense with all these run pass options, all these zone reads. Probably the younger guys that come from the college game are more used to it than some of the veteran guys. And Shane Sykin, at one point, he just looked exhausted of like, are you kidding me? Another ineligible man downfield. So uh, that kind of defined the night, I thought, for Richardson in the starting offense. Um, Justin Fields, I know, had a really good seven-on-seven session. But, Mark, I didn't think like the Bears were that explosive once mm-hmm. they got into the into the full-field offense. Probably the things to note from last night, Shaquille Leonard did miss his first practice of camp. He was out there watching practice. I guess that's something we have to note right now. And he got banged up on Wednesday. There were a couple of times during the Wednesday practice, I'm like, oh, he's not going back in. And then he did go back in. But he did not participate last night. Um, and then Jake, you have know, said it now for a couple of weeks, and we'll have Greg Gregstraw join us here in less than an hour. I would think the next Jonathan Taylor update um, comes in about 36 hours when Jim Mercer joins Greg Gregstraw and Rick Venturi in the TV booth tomorrow night in the third quarter. And inevitably, I would hope the Jonathan Taylor subject comes up, and we'll see if the owner's tone has changed at all 
since his we are not trading him, whatever that was. But what are the odds, ago. Kevin? And and I'm going to preface with I think probably high. But what are the odds that Jim Irsay offers the first words about Jonathan Taylor, but no update? Like he no comments it? Just, you know, I mean, Jonathan's a great player, you know, and, and, you know, we're not, we don't look to trade him. You know, I know that he's got some things, you know, but, but, but I think he's a horseshoe guy and, and, you know, in the end, I think that's, you know, I mean, like Dylan said, you know, it all in the wind balances and, and you know, I, I think he'll, st- you know, we, we look forward to, you know, having him here. <laughs> I need that quartile jersey that guy had the other night. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Ursay was pretty outspoken. I thought a couple of weeks ago, to your point, Jake, he could be pretty roundabout um, in getting to whatever the Taylor comments are going to be. But again, we haven't heard from Ursay outside of Ballard talking to Sirius XM earlier this week. We haven't heard from Ballard. So this was kind of always the time that I was like, all right, we'll see if an update occurs. And we'll also see if Anthony Richardson plays. I, I kind of found it odd that Shane Steichen didn't meet the media yesterday after practice. Matt Eberflus did make it very clear Justin Fields will not play. Uh, tomorrow night and usually when you have these joint practices and one team decides to rest their starters the other team typically follows suit having said that I I think Anthony Richardson is quite a unique situation here I think all the reps the merrier for him I would play him but uh, again no word yet from the Colts and Shane Steichen did not meet the media last night so no chance to ask him I asked him on Wednesday uh, if Richardson would play on Saturday, and he did not have any update on that just yet. By the way, do you want to know one thing that is inconsistent and different and threw me a complete curveball? Sure. Pardon the pun. Two laps last night. Two. Not just one, two. Now, I could have been mistaken, and somebody else who's been out there can let me know if I was mistaken. I did not see at the State Fair the bowling ball game. Which is my favorite game to do at the State Fair. I did not see that when we were there either. Where 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 was it? It's I didn't see it. It's usually I told you I don't think it's around anymore. Oh, so it wasn't there this year. It's not like we just didn't spot it. Yeah. So did anybody has anybody else seen it? It's a staple though, right, Mark? It's been it's always there. I've been there the last couple of years and like obviously I don't seek it out, but I don't recall ever seeing it or seeing anybody playing it or like, oh, it's over there. I didn't we we, we went twice this year and I haven't seen it. It's usually, if you go past the Coliseum, like when you get into the midway, it's usually on that immediate stretch on the right by the basketball hoops. It's like in the middle of that. And I didn't see it. And I'm like, wait, what? We've canceled bowling. (laughs) That's right. And there's no greater joy at the Indiana State Fair than, you know that game Blizzard? Sometimes it's known as like Alpine something. It's just, it's, it goes in a circle, but it comes down the hill and it, you sit in a little car and it just goes around and always plays like hard rock music. Okay. Yeah, I can I can I can picture sitting that. and watching people as it comes down the hill around the corner. Shannon and I sit there and watch it and literally guffaw like we laugh so hard at people's faces. <laughs> I actually might have shot some video. It's the best. I love the fair. Yeah, perfect. So this is the last weekend, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh fair ends on Saturday. I got there last night and had a grilled cheese. Regent Brian, by the way, is screaming his truck down the interstate that I wasn't at the Colts practice. But um, 
I was about to say, what, what were you supposed to be watching last night? Marlins and, you know. Colts practice. Uh, sure. So we, we did the lap. I got a grilled cheese. We did a lap and an iricorn. Had to get an iricorn. And a lot of the animals were gone. Um, hopefully, they simply went back home. And That's what they'll tell you, at least. Yeah, they're all back in a farm. Mm-hmm. Things are going well. Jeez, Mark. Well, I'm just saying. But it downpoured. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of drizzling. Like, let's get in line and get a shake. We and, must have missed all that rain, And Mark. I mean, it, well, it was only like 10 minutes, but it had to have been, I mean, it was a downpour. And then a rainbow, so then everybody went crazy because there was a rainbow. But there were huge puddles, and like crossing the street to get out of there was a bit of a curveball, but it was fun. I love the fair. Hope everybody's able to go that has not been able to go the last couple of days. Tonight, absolutely beautiful before it heats up again here the rest of this weekend and certainly next week. Yeah, Mark, I mean, there were moments last time, Mark, I I looked up at the sky, I'm like, wow, it's about to unleash here. Yeah, we were driving in and I'm like, because we, I I got the two of the girls down for a nap yesterday and I took a nap myself and I woke up like, whoa, it is coming down and within like 10 minutes it stopped. But then when we were driving to Westfield, I was like, is it going to pour again? Because it looks like it's going to. I I couldn't imagine that would have been a disaster for... Had, had all those people been like, actually, it's down to 750 that can get indoors. That is the last thing that, that, awful. that they wanted to have happen. So that is a closed book on the Colts 2023 training camp. Again, 13 practices at Grand Park. They will take on the Bears tomorrow night at 7 o'clock inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Next week, they head to Philly on Monday for a joint practice that will take place on Tuesday. And then their final preseason game, we'll be recapping a week from right now, uh, again, that game is on Amazon Prime coming up Thursday night. Speaking of Prime, uh, Jake, any surprises on the Pacers' schedule release or any thoughts on that? No, um, and I appreciate everybody who already has submitted their request for days they want to go to a game. <laughs> uh, I'd like to go to the Warriors or who, the who Lakers. Do they, okay, allow me, Mark, if I may. On the Pacers' schedule. Uh, only one primetime game. I guess some people might have been surprised by that, but I think we're a year away from the Pacers being completely on the radar and people then saying, like, wow, they got some good young players. Um, so does NBA TV not count as primetime? I think it counts as, like, a national game, but, like, not have, a lot of people get NBA TV either. So Right. I was always curious about that. They have five on NBA TV, just one on TNT or ESPN. That's a Celtics game. And I think if it's NBA TV, it's still blacked out locally. Really? I believe that's the case. I could be wrong, but I think that's happened in the past where, oh, and then like, nope, this it's actually a replay of like the 1976 Lakers-Celtics game. Yeah, and Jake, to your point, I know Pacers fans love to whine about, you know, the lack of lack of respect and, and all of that. We deserve more primetime games. You haven't won a playoff game in five years. You haven't won a playoff series in nine years. Yeah, I mean, and they have good young players, but... Sure, but I mean... People are still you gotta those good young players. When do you have the schedule in front of you? Mark? Yes, I do. What would you okay, like? uh, I've had several requests for April fifth. Okay, April fifth. What do we got here? Oh, well, that's a random Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, mm. that might big Chet Holmgren fans. I guess. Yeah, uh, that may be okay. And then November sixth, I had like five people mm. immediately that were like, Yama. need tickets." Yeah, that November sixth. That is. Yep. Yeah, the, the, I would say a couple of disappointing things for the appointment games at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. That Spurs game on November 6th, the Spurs do play the day before. 
I think you're always afraid of the old back-to-backs and whether guys will play on the second night of those back-to-backs. So Victor Webanyama and the Spurs will play Sunday afternoon and then come here for a game on Monday nights. The Warriors fall on a back-to-back. They are in Philly the night before, play the Pacers on February 8th. I guess, I mean, that's got to be the hottest ticket of the year, right? Steph Curry plus Trace Jackson Davis? I would think. Way up, because you only get them. You know, it's not like they're playing for Detroit and you get them several times. That's right? it. Yeah, you yeah. get them one time. Uh, the Lakers do not have a back to back. So if you are in the LeBron camp or I guess even the Jalen Hood Shafino camp, uh, no back to back on that one. One thing I found interesting, Jake, and we've done this before. You know how many uh, of all the kids on the Carmel Pups who owns the most jersey of a certain NBA player? Steph Curry, I think, was the overwhelming number one guess. And this was before all of the off-the-court antics. I was going to throw Ja Morant, number two, on that list. Very high on the list, for sure. How about Ja Morant and the Grizzlies come here? And if I if I added this up right, I believe it's game 26 of the Grizzlies You know what season. that means? That maybe it's 27 if I do my math again. Ja Morant suspended for the first 25 games of the season. Yeah, that's... Um... That would be probably a pretty big ticket. It's going to be anyway, but I don't know though. His, probably his, a few more IMPD officers. I was going to say. I, I would say on that as well. You know, Memphis has some really good young players and I'll, some other Indiana guys. I mean, Jared Jackson and yeah, obviously I mean, Desmond Bain. You would think the town of Richmond would bring some people there. Um, Jake Laravia, right from LC. Yeah, I mean the Grizzlies have a nice team for sure. No New Year's Eve matinee game. That had kind of been a staple. Like the 3 o'clock tip on the 31st? Yeah, that's kind of a bummer, right? And, and, you know, like I said, we talked about it yesterday. When I was a kid, or I say kid, I'm in high school, young young person, high school, college age, they they almost always played on Thanksgiving night, which was kind of fun. You know, you get done with dinner, you know, like 8 o'clock or something. It's like, all right, we're going to head downtown and... And then the next night, come back and see the chair being put out and the Christmas lights up. And the chair, we, you don't see it getting put out. It mis- magically shows up. It's the magic of Christmas. Oh, boy. Jeez. It's true. Hopefully no kids are No, it's there. true. You get the in Black the Friday already. Pistons in-season tournament game, though. Right, and that's the staple lighting of the tree yeah. night. That's the 8 o'clock yeah. tip that we've grown accustomed to. I don't understand the tournament thing. Um, like it is a heavy home schedule early on. The Pacers will open up at home. It's the seventh time in eight years that they've started the season at home. It'll be the Wizards uh, on October 25th. So it is a later start to the NBA schedule this season. I think it's about a week later. Uh, and then the Pacers will play seven of their first nine games at home. Are the Colts home on New Year's Eve? Uh, I think the Colts do play on New Year's Eve. Would that be part of the reasoning why the Pacers do not? Oh, I guess that could be part of it, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like the Colts play the Raiders for some reason. Yeah, Colts, Raiders. What New time's that? Year's, one o'clock. But I always feel like the Pacers play on the same days as Colts games. Does Does the city of Indianapolis host any NCAA tournament games? I think they're back in that rotation. Because that, that also... I remember Danny Lopez telling me that they, every, every number of years, whatever, they their schedule can get very home front-sided because, excuse me, very road front-sided sometimes because they go, no, home, home front-sided, my apologies, because they have to to plan for some road 
games in March in case they are hosting either Don't Big Ten tournament or NCAA too? tournament. Uh, Disney on Ice. Disney on Ice. Uh, that's well, the Jonathan Taylor situation. Well, yeah, Dayton, Brooklyn, Charlotte, true. Indianapolis, Omaha, Pittsburgh, and Salt Lake City are all hosting 2024 NCAA tournament games. And then obviously of All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. So the Pacers will have four straight road games leading in to All-Star Weekend. And Jake, to your point about March, They've got a little bit of a Western trip to start the month of March, and then they've got one a couple weeks later. So uh, their longest road trip of the year actually is kind of the middle of January. That is a six-game road trip, Atlanta, Denver, Utah, Sacramento, Portland, and Frank Vogel's Phoenix Suns. Uh, Somebody asked me this question, Kevin. You'd be able to answer it. When it comes to the joint practices like the Colts and Bears just did, is that put together by the franchises or the league? Franchises. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Ibraflus is open to doing it again, too, next year and going forward. <laughs> Reg- yeah. Regent Brian. Fitting ending that Jake was at the fair while everyone else was at Colts practice. That's right. How I, dare you enjoy your free hey, time? I'll, Brian, be, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be totally honest. After about the third fight, I was like, get me to the fair. You were excited that practice ended early yesterday. I literally literally said to Mark, we just need one more melee, and then they can blow the horn, and this will all be over. We thought we were leaving early, and I turned around, and you're walking towards the media center, and you're like, practice is over. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it did end early. Um, Yeah, Jake, it's via the franchises. And obviously, when you look at the Colts this year, the Bears this week, Philly next week, that matches up with your preseason schedule. But I think there are some teams that don't necessarily do it just based off who you play in the preseason. I think logistically that works out nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, next week the Colts are going to spend, what, four nights in Philly? Three nights in Philly? I guess the Chicago Bears have just spent, when they add it all up, it'll be what, Mark? Four nights or five nights in Carmel? Yeah, four or five. Is there enough to do to spend four nights in Philly? Oh, yeah, of course. You got the art museum, which is fabulous, right? I was talking to some Bears people last night. They're like, yeah, we've done the Midtown thing in Carmel a couple nights. I go, well, if you walk around the roundabouts, that can be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, if you came, you did Midtown. You, It's very easy to get turned around. All of a sudden, you're like, you're, you, you go by your third roundabout, and you think you're heading northeast, and the next thing you know, you're in Savannah. It's like, what's going on here? You catch um, a Phillies game next week. You could, go, you could go Art Museum. You, you got to climb the step or, you know, run the steps and then do the Rocky statue, right? The Liberty Bell. Liberty Bell. Get the Liberty Bell. We were late to the Liberty Bell a few years ago. How do you? How are you late to the Liberty Bell? Closes at, I think it was oh, at 5 on Friday. You can still see it, though. You can just be outside. Oh, the Phillies are home next week. There you go. Oh, I got a 4.05 uh, first pitch on Wednesday. You Perfect. can go through the parking lot next to Michael Lorenzen's the pitching. stadium and you can see where the plates are from Veteran Stadium mm-hmm. or like where the bases are in the parking lot. That's fun. See which cheesesteak is better. The, done that, yep. Is it, Gino, is it Gino's and Pat's? Yeah. There's the one that I, when I went there, the one that we had was underneath an overpass and people were like, ah, for the natives, it's the best one and it was really good. What accent really, was really that? <laughs> huh? What accent was that? Thing. Uh, it's part kind of, Irish and, and for part the natives, you know, it's like the best one. I don't know how Philly accent goes. Uh, <laughs> Not we, your strongest. You can go over to Wilmington and buy something without sales tax. Delaware? Yeah. No sales tax in Delaware. How, how close is that? Like from Indy to Carmel. Really? Yeah. You cross over the, is it the Pennsylvania River that goes mm-hmm. through? You cross over that and you're in Delaware. Washington crossed a river, That's right? right in you Delaware can only do it in time. the ice, though, if you're Washington. You can help the Philadelphia Police Department and grease the poles early. That's good. Yep. Game. That, that's that. correct, yeah. That's that's a good call. Yeah. I don't know. I like Philly. Philly's a cool town. Who are your Panthers got tonight, Jake? Are you uh, MC in the game or anything? You know Hail, what? Hail? 
and I apologize. Brian's going to be really mad at me. Uh, I was supposed to go to the schedule unveiling, but I, unfortunately that night I went with my family to a birthday dinner. So I'm not sure who they have tonight. Let me look. <laughs> <laughs> is that there a panther? That's our buddy Ken, Ken Woodley doing his... Um, I think Cathedral plays over at Lucas Oil. I think they're part of that Horseshoe Classic. They do a couple of games there. I got to double check that. I thought it was Lafayette Jeff. Yeah, Lafayette Jeff and Cathedral at six. Here we go, baby. Noblesville and Mount Vernon. The... Uh, my chipmunk's on a smoke break, so stand by. Uh, they have it updated to the 2021 schedule. Oh, so, boy. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's probably indicative of how the football program has been here. As yeah, no, no question. Uh, Greg Rakestraw joins us at 8. Him and Rick Venturi on the call tomorrow night. Again, I would think the third quarter. So appointment viewing with the big guy, Coach Jim Ursay, in the booth for that one. Matt Taylor, of course, on the radio call. Uh, you said 9.30 for him, Mark, a little bit later today? Yeah, he had. I was talking to him yesterday. He has some TV duties he has to do. The Colts have their kickoff luncheon today, so don't know if that impacts his schedule, his schedule at all. But we'll recap what happened last night. And yes, this is it. This is our final show together, but... For some reason, we we will be together at the back nine, right? I thought we were over. I thought it was done. I nope. thought we deleted our well, we, numbers. And well, we, here, you'll like this. We block each other on social media. Uh, this from my, my friend. I, I told Margaret, that's her daughter, her small daughter, I told Margaret today uh, that this was the last morning that we would hear you on the radio. And she said, yes, he starts in the afternoon next week, which is wonderful, mm-hmm. right? Margaret's a yeah. beautiful little girl. She said, um, Margaret then asked if we were still going to listen in the morning. And I said, yes, we will continue to listen to Kevin and Mark. And she said, who's Mark? Oh, thanks, Margaret. <laughs> would you like to say hi to Margaret? Margaret, I, I, FCC good morning. would probably forbid me from saying. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself? Mark, she's a young hello, child. Hello, hello. Let, let's Mark, just hit a I'm break here, here before I'm Mark here. says anything. He's I've been here for a while. <laughs> going to regret. Still be here. For those up in the Westfield area looking for. Yeah. Margaret's like five. Some donuts <laughs> or coffee on this Friday morning. Our final quack daddy keyword of the day. It is touchdown. Pretty simple. Touchdown, the final keyword of the day. That's good all weekend long. So $3 off a dozen donuts. Buy one coffee. Get the next one half off. That is Quack Daddy Donuts just north of 161st and Spring Mill as Colts training camp has come to a close. I am Kevin Bowen. He is Jake Query. Mark Dykton, as always. Margaret, I am here. That is Mark I'm, I'm Mark Dykton. I'm here. <laughs> okay. okay. As like always. Ego check. It's 726 in the morning. I've been up since 430. It's our final show together. Mark about to pace head. around the <laughs> office. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. After hearing that. All right, it is the opening night of the high school football season, so Greg Gregstraw will certainly have duties with that, but he's also going to be on the call tomorrow night inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. It will be the Colts and the Bears, 7 o'clock. I think that is also being taken by NFL Network, so I assume they will take that broadcast crew as well for those out of market. And, Rake, I told you this a few weeks ago, and I think it still holds true to na- uh, right now. Uh, I believe the third quarter, uh, Jim Mercer appearance, is that when I should be looking for my next Jonathan Taylor update? That is correct in terms of the uh, Jim Irsay appearance, in terms of the next Jonathan Taylor update. Only time will tell. Yeah, that could go. <laughs> that could go a lot of ways. Many different directions, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right, Rake NFL Network? Uh, will they be taking your guys' feed? 
That is correct. So as the home broadcaster, NFL Network takes us. So Fox 59 locally, but NFL Network across the country. You think Richardson plays? I hope he does. Um, I, I, with him being named the starting and number one reps each of the last couple of nights, I could see them sitting him. But I hope the believed and and correct need in terms of getting him as much game time and experience as possible trumps the, hey, we've already seen these guys the last two days in practice. Let's not play our ones. Uh, Greg, I always ask this. So somewhat I'm asking because I'm older and I forget and somewhat just for our listening audience, you know, you have done preseason games for a number of years now. When you go back and look at it, typically the preseason game that offers the greatest foreshadow as to the realities of the regular season is which? It's changed, to be honest with you. It used to be week number three, without question. You know, when it, when it was four preseason games, you know, for the better part of 40 years, it used to be you didn't get that much out of one. You got a little bit more out of two. Number three was the dress rehearsal, and then number four uh, as I'll borrow Rick's line, you know, was the employment bowl. You know, this was the last chance for guys to kind of either get that last roster spot or showcase their worst for somebody else. Now it has changed because of having one, two, and then three. Uh, even though there's like that two or, in the Colts' case, 17-day gap from the last preseason game to the first regular season game, teams often, often kind of do things differently. And because of the joint practice, and, and having two of those, there's a chance that you saw the most of the starters on already. Bills. So, Jake, I'm not sure that I've got a, a great answer on that question for you. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Rake. I'm kind of torn on it, too. I also think the Colts are in a bit of a different scenario than so much of the rest of the NFL when you consider the youth that you have at quarterback, a new coaching staff. I know past precedent says, oh, the team you just had joint practices with are sitting their starters, their quarterback's not playing, then you sit your starters. I just don't think it's that easy of a decision like maybe it would have been in years past. Correct, and and you know the ticker that I saw last night when the Bears were will sit will sit select starters, they're going to sit Fields, and I get that completely, but it doesn't mean necessarily they're going to sit everybody. I can make a greater case for the Colts sitting their guys defensively, but I would say that's much more applicable to the guys in the front seven than say it would be the guys in the secondary. Yeah who are simply Great so point. young, a, a little bit different with, you know, guys like Kenny Moore and, and, and Rodney Thomas turning to practice, although he's just, you know, in his second year. So if you want to park Kenny Moore, want to park Shaquille Leonard, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, things of that nature as well. But offensively, I would think, again, Richardson needs the reps, which means everybody of the ones needs to play at least a couple of series. It's Greg Rakestraw again. It'll be him and Rick Venturi along with Lara Overton on the call tomorrow night inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. We'll get some high school football talk here in just a second. Rick, we saw Ashton Doolin get carted off Wednesday at that first joint practice. Torn ACL for him. I think he's the first 53-man roster guy to be lost for the season. Um, so that opens up a roster spot. Is Doolin one of your top 20 players? No. Is he a guy that makes your staff sleep easier at night? I think without question. Um, I, what do you make of that? And, and then, I guess, how or, or who benefits from this loss? Uh, well, since you put a number on it in terms of, of uh, is he top 20, no. I'd say he's in the top 40 
and 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 let me distinguish that. There's obviously 53 on the uh, on the everyday roster, and I really think that between 40 and 45 spots were kind of settled, you know, kind of coming in. I think there's going to be a decent amount of roster churn after the last preseason game and after the mandatory cut down to 53. I think the Colts are going to be picking guys off the waiver wire, to be honest, in terms of some secondary depth, in terms of maybe some defensive line depth, in terms of especially offensive line depth. I think there's going to be some turnover there. Doolin was going to be the fifth receiver. I think we're going to. See, I thought we were going to see Ashton kind of return to more of a special teams role. Than, than what he had, you know, last year. Remember, you know, like 2020, 2021, this guy's a, 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 an all-pro slash pro bowl level special, level special teams player. He kind of played more of an offensive role last year. Didn't see as many special team snaps. So it's a loss for the team in general. I think it's a bigger loss for special teams than it is the wide receiver position. And now I think that fifth receiver position, there's now a roster spot for a Mike Strawn. Or if for whatever reason the Colts feel better about an Amari Rogers or a Brashad Perryman, then maybe those guys have the opportunity. But I think the guy that benefits the most is the guy who is one number away from Ashton Doolin. I think it opens up a path for Mike Strawn to make the team for a third consecutive year. But at the same time, he's got to be able to play special teams. And that has always been the question and one of the questions with Mike the last couple of years. Yeah, I was just going to say, doesn't a guy like Amari Rogers, for example... It's a huge question with Strawn. Let, um, me, let me stress that. Well, with Rogers, uh, you know, it, Rogers when it comes down to it, Strawn if you are a guy that can return kicks and or punts, isn't that the final tilt of the scale, so to speak, or the tiebreaker? It, it is, but again, the, the kick return has been so neutralized in terms of in terms of, 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 of kickoff returns. Uh, punt returns a, a little bit more... I still think that you've got a Dallas Flowers, an Isaiah McKenzie, even a Josh Downs. I almost think it's 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 Doolin's coverage skills as a gunner that is the toughest thing for the Colts to replicate. Other guys that can be return men, they're not the guy that plays the gunner position as well as Doolin has over the years. Hey, Greg, give me a name from the past that had the single most dominant preseason that you thought for sure secured things that did not make the roster. Uh, Kevin, help me out with the first name. Rayford, the, the, the guy they Caesar. traded for a draft pick. Thank you. Caesar Rayford. Uh, and again, there wasn't a roster spot for him, so the Colts got a draft pick out of him. Um, the guy the, the guy that I remember going off in the preseason, and I, I don't know if he got an, an opening day roster spot or if he got a practice squad spot back then, Drew Haddad. Yeah, that, he's, the, he's the poster child, right? Yeah, he, 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 and obviously the guy that had the most successful, hey, nobody knew this guy, he makes the roster, Edron James gets hurt, is Dominique Rhodes yeah. back in 2001. He and Haddad may have been the same year. That may have been both of, of those guys being 2001. So I can, I can think of the guys that have actually you know, kind of snuck their way into the roster. Probably the guy that had the biggest preseason that then, you know, again, the roster math, you knew he wasn't going to make it would be Caesar Rayford. I think my favorite thing about Dominic Rhodes is that his mother would make cookies and he would show up at training camp with like, she was like the team mother, like walking around, including to the media. Would you like cookies? I made them last week and Dominic brought them to, and she's like passing out like the team, like Little League, you know what I mean? Orange slices, you name it. Um, 
That's, Greg Rakestraw is our guest. Road thing to do. Totally. Greg Rakestraw is our guest. Payless Liquors Hotline. You will see and hear him on the call for the Colts preseason games on television, but also high school football weekend, as Kevin had mentioned. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Greg, what, what I've heard repeatedly, but I don't know that anybody has concretely re- confirmed this. So I'm curious if you've heard the same. Tech High School will be playing home games at UND because of a sinkhole on their field. You have heard that or not heard that? I have I have heard that. I have I have seen it. Uh, I have not seen the sinkhole. I have seen the fill dirt that they have piled up at what would be the west end zone that would be towards downtown. Um, I have heard there also might be a problem with the, with the visiting side bleachers because of it, that it's not just the field. So, yes, uh, they are, they're going to be playing most of their home games. I think three of their home games are set to play at the University of Indianapolis coming up this year. And then the others would be where? Because I know that, like, Chittard and Cath- – well, Chittard has their own field now, right? But Cathedral still right. uses Arlington, right? Correct. So, so Cathedral has an agreement with Arlington where they basically take care of all the upkeep and maintenance at Arlington. IPS has maintained Broad Ripple High School, including the football stadium. So I think UND is preference number one. I'm sure there's a conflict with, you know, it take either to have four or five home games. Three are going to UND. I believe the other game or two, and I don't have the tech schedule memorized off the top of my head. I think, I think that's going to Broad Ripple. Rick, games to watch for tonight. We're going to have on our airwaves, Carroll and HSC. I believe that is a semi-state rematch from last season. Um, I know that's, of course, at the 6A level. But other games of note week one where you do get, I, I think, some interesting matchups. So so the game that the fan has and the game that I have have the exact same thing. So I'm doing Snyder and, and Warren Central. The other game that is the, kind of the, you know, to use the soccer term, the reverse fixture, the Indy team going to the Fort Wayne area, is Carmel going to Homestead. And so the bigger picture story is here. The Summit Athletic Conference, most years, not all, with a couple of school closures, but most years had 10 teams. And it has been just a full round robin. They never got outside of their own league. Uh, the Hoosier Crossroads Conference was like that. Now they're in eight teams, and, and so there's you know, some cross-pollination with games against mixed schools, et cetera, in weeks one and weeks two. But the larger schools in Fort Wayne, and rightfully so, were saying, hey, listen, if we want to have a chance to beat the big guys from Indianapolis, we need to play these guys on a regular basis. And so this is the first year of having those non-conference games where the larger Fort Wayne schools can play the schools from Indianapolis and get an idea as to what the postseason path is going to look like for them. So, so that's kind of the, the, the first set of games that would be on my radar. Other games to pay attention to across the air. Tard defending 3A champs, favorites again. Where Buff should give them an idea as, as to what maybe their postseason path is, is, is going to look like. You've got the doubleheader at Lucas Oil between Cathedral and Lafayette Jeff, then followed up by Mount Vernon and Noblesville. Westfield New Pal also is, is, uh, is tonight as well. Uh, so those are some of, the, those, some of the heavyweight matchups across Central Indiana tonight. I love that from the Fort Wayne schools, by the way. I think that's yep. that's a great idea and makes total sense. It's always a question we have, I feel like, every November. You know, okay, semi-state matchup. Is that going to be one of the easier games of the tournament, you know, based off the big schools playing the indie schools leading up to that? So I think that's a great idea. Okay, of the six classes, Rake, uh, maybe rank them in order of most up in the air to you. 5A would be number one. Um, you know, Valparaiso beat Whiteland in a great state final last year. 
Uh, Whiteland had a senior-dominated team. Darren Fisher does a great job down there, but they have a lot to replace. I'm not sure if they can get back. Valparaiso, you know, is 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 good more often than not. Uh, if they can get to their Duneland Athletic Conference schedule, perhaps they can make it back. But 5A, without having Cathedral in it, and for a couple of years, New Pal had played up in 5A. That has kind of opened up 5A a little bit. The, the division that has, I, I think, the, the greatest potential for someone relatively unknown to be playing for a state championship. I'd put 2A in that level as well, even though you've got schools like Lures and, and Modern Day that reside in 2A. I still think there's a lot of quality teams in 2A, and so there's good competition there. Um, it, one, three, four, and six, I kind of have an idea as to what I expect to see. You know, Lutheran has been so good the last couple of years. Even though they have graduation losses, I expect Dave Pash's team to reload again, and maybe they're going to see Adam Central again. In 3A, when Chittard's in 3A, you simply say, hey, Chittard's going to be the favorite in terms of Class 3A. In 4A, I think it's going to be Northwood and East Central because those two schools both have a pair of Division One recruits. East Central returns their starting backfield in terms of Brotherton and Ringer uh, that are both like mid-American conference-level players. Northwood has a kid that's committed to Georgia and another one committed to Michigan. The kid, that com- the, the kid that committed to Georgia had left to go to IMG and returned to go back to Northwood. The Michigan commit is Josiah Edmond, who played his first two years at Warren Central. He committed to Purdue. He just recently flipped that to Michigan. So I, I think I have an idea what the 4A final is going to look like. And in 6A, everybody is chasing center Grove. Now, it won't be easy in the postseason. Jason West has now got it going at Franklin Central. They nearly knocked off center Grove in the sectional last year. You've got Warren Central. You've got Ben Davis. That, that would all be different steps of the postseason path for center Grove. It's not easy. But I also felt if there was a year we were going to get Center Grove, it was probably last year, and they still won the state championship. So they have to be considered the favorite in 6A, no doubt about it. Okay, Greg, as I do each and every year, and it will be coming up uh, beginning on Monday, it will be during the noon hour when you and I will talk about this each week. But um, I always pick two schools that I just feel like I'm going to give them some love and give them some attention that maybe other people overlook, right? A couple of yeah. years ago, I, I've, I've used Beach Grove in the past, uh, and they had a good year. I have always kind of had Shelbyville because I lived in Shelbyville when I was a kid. I was big on the Bears last year. I think they won two or three games. Uh, I'm ready to unveil, and I know that, listen, I know you're all dying of curiosity. Uh, I have decided on two schools that I'm going to follow this year, and we're going to give them some love, and occasionally, Greg, I'm going to ask you about their schedule and or how they're doing. Are you ready? I'm ready. Goes without saying, my North Central Panthers, because I am a graduate of North Central. But aside from that, my parents before I was born lived in Rushville, so that's going to be one of my schools. Okay. Yep. I'm on board. I'm all in on Rushville. The other one, I've always liked their color scheme. I've always had just a tremendous respect for the work ethic the kids put in. Um, sometimes when even challenging to come up with schedules, Indiana School for the Deaf. There you go. Those are my two schools. All right, so here's what I will I have nothing to tell it to say about Rushville, at least in football. Basketball, they got Kerry Brown to go coach there. So they're going to, I mean, I'm not sure they're going to have a great record, but they're going to start being good in basketball pretty soon in Rushville. So there's that. The Deaf Hoosiers, obviously that's like the neighborhood school for you and I. 
So we're both, and, and we're, we're, I always want to support them uh, at every opportunity. But let me talk about your alma mater. Uh, I'm going to see them a couple of times this year. We have them a couple of times. I think I see them once maybe on ISC. But anyway, um, they made a great hire in Derek Hart, a fantastic hire. It's going to take a couple of years. As you well know, the issue at North Central has often been having kind of a unified youth football system to feed into the high school and have everybody kind of singing from the same hymnal. That's not always been the case at North Central. It's not a lack of talent, not a lack of bodies. It's kind of a lack of a unified system. With Derek there, I think they will get to that in pretty short order. So I'm not sure the results will be there this year, but I do think the future is bright for your North Central Panthers. Okay. Well, hail, hail. Right. The the GPA requirements are a little challenging for North Central as well, uh, but I'm proud of that. I actually support it that way. Yeah, that's the roar of the Panther right there. Yeah. And, and, and as the parent of a future Panther, hmm. as in two years from now, I am certainly hopeful for great success for all things Washington Township. There you go. I love that. Uh, it's a big one tonight. Again, a little Fort Wayne HSC, Fort Wayne Carroll and HSC. Rake will have the call, ISC Sports Network. And then tomorrow, certainly the football entertainment will be there. But that third quarter with Jim Mercer in the booth, we'll see what the big guys got to say to Rick Venturi and Greg Rakestraw. Rake, love our Friday chats during high school football season. Looking forward to them the rest of the fall. Uh, enjoy a somewhat quiet day before the call tonight. Well, first of all, thank you for letting me be a part of the show over its very successful run. This certainly comes across as like an amicable divorce. So it sounds like now mm. I'm, I'm having two conversations with you guys go, going forward. I'm spending time at, at both sets of parents. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, well, <laughs> let's just say this. Let's talk about the divorce offline, Rake. I don't know who you heard that from. But uh, I, we would love to continue to have you on at 8 a.m. every Friday. Um, Jake, I I. Thought Jake I gets you every other weekend. How That's about right. That? I thought I heard <laughs> so, you say that you were hoping to have Rake on. on did I hear you say Monday? Or was I imagining things? I, I'd be willing to have Rake on on Monday, especially after the Colts game, yes. I, you know, I'm not sure what we have planned on Monday. Does that surprise you guys? That, good luck to <laughs> Jimmy and Eddie. 11.45, Rake. He'll be rolling Rake, you in, in on, on Monday, Monday. Giving you a call. So, so uh, basically, the guy in me thinks I'm getting two Thanksgiving dinners and two Christmas dinners. That is right. correct. Like yeah. That's correct. Yeah, hell yeah. That's a good thing, right? You bring your to-go plate from their stop over to mine at noon. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I would imagine the, the, the Bowen family you know, meal might be a little more well-prepared, even though you know I say that, and I know that Jake is literally hosting a Thanksgiving dinner for years. So. <laughs> Jake's bringing SpaghettiOs and Pop-Tarts. Yeah, I was going to say, you got Pop-Tarts? Come on now. Hey, we've had we've thing. had a lot of people come to our Thanksgiving dinner, and they've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. As long as Karen's cooking, we're in good shape. That's day. right. You are correct. Rick, have a great call tonight. See you guys. All right, voice of the call. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Matt Taylor going to join us here in just a second. By the way, Bill Benner just texted me, said, I was at the Hoosier Dome for the Colts game. Many of us left to go to the Sheraton Hotel Conference Center at IEPY to indeed cover Brand's announcement that Knight was fired. Oh, so it was fired. Yeah. Not the tolerance. So that was September 10th of 2000. So one, I I, I hate to say this, but one day and one year before, obviously, the world changed. But 
Um, but it was a huge, huge, huge story when Knight was terminated by Indiana. Uh, again, our conversation with Matt Taylor presented by Shelby Materials, the concrete and aggregate experts. And Matt is on the Payless Sugars Hotline, joins us right now. Uh, Matt Taylor, we will begin with this question, and that is, now that you've seen the Colts lining up against another team for a couple of days in the Chicago Bears through the joint practice, how would you compare it? I mean, a year ago, it was the Lions that were in, and you know, Kevin and others, Rick Venturi, you know, have talked about the fact that there were some things in those Lions practices that illuminated perhaps some areas of concern that then showed themselves over the course of last year, which was a struggle. This year, uh, can you compare and contrast maybe how things look in terms of the joint practices with another franchise? Yeah, no, good question. Um, yeah, I think, you know, last year, that was kind of the, to your point, that was kind of like the precursor of some of the offensive line struggles. I think, you know, you're not seeing that um, to that large of a degree, you know, in this, uh, in this year's joint practices with the Chicago Bears. Um, kind of the biggest thing that I'd like to see cleaned up, I mean, hopefully starting tomorrow uh, in that preseason game against the Bears, is just the penalties. You know, when the Colts had a bunch of, um, you know, simulated situational drills, you know, those moving the ball periods, four-minute drill, two-minute drill, red zone, now, some of their big plays in those joint practices on offense got wiped out due to, you know, lining up incorrectly and, you know, some procedural penalties or some holdings. And, you know, we saw that um, in Buffalo last last Saturday. You know, start of the game, you had a, a penalty on the opening kickoff. You had a penalty that wiped off a nice run by Anthony Richardson inside the red zone down to the five-yard line. So hopefully that's not a precursor of things to come and just in, in terms of the self-infliction penalty-wise, that we saw over the course of two days consistently um, up at Westfield in those joint practices. Again, he's voiced the Colts, Matt Taylor, who joins us here on the Payless Sickers Hotline. May tell you expect any starting action for Anthony Richardson tomorrow night? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know, you know, Shane Steichen didn't talk last night after night two, and it's it's kind of it's kind of complicated with, with joint practices now and you know, I know the Bears are not going to play some of their front line, front line guys, namely, you know, Justin Fields and, and probably DJ Moore. Um, and, and also, too, I don't know if you guys talked about this. I mean, you probably have. The, the fact that uh, Ryan Kelly and Will Fries probably will not play tomorrow. Neither guy practiced uh, last night. And then, you know, Fries got banged up on Wednesday night. That kind of complicates the offensive line in front of them. You know, do you, do you want Anthony Richardson – I mean, it, it, it's such a catch-22 because, I mean, I've, I've said all along, you know, he needs to play and he needs reps, and I still think there's a lot of value. Even though it's a preseason game and he's not going to go up against the live defense or the number one defense in totality with the Bears, I, I still think there's a lot of value in just going out there and going through, you know, the, the game day, you know, rituals and putting on the helmet and, and, and having the headset inside the helmet and, you know, regurgitating the plays in the line of scrimmage and just, you know, going through that operation and making plays that are that are given to you by the defense in a preseason game. But if you're not going to have your starting center and you're not going to have your starting right guard, you know, do, do you want to risk that? So I, I don't know. It's, it's really tricky. I, I still think there's value in it. I think you, you still can get something out of it if you're smart with it. You know, if, if you're not reckless, you know, for lack of a better term, with Anthony Richardson, knowing just obviously how important he is, not only this year, but just the, the future of your franchise from a health standpoint. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Honestly, I, I wouldn't – I'm not going to, like, freak out one way or another. Like, whatever happens, happens. 
Um, but yeah, that that's a really tough call for Shane Steichen, given some of the injuries that are going to affect Anthony Richardson around him. Uh, if he does play coming up tomorrow night, Matt, the Ashton Doolin to injured reserve thing. You know, obviously, a lot of people are curious. Okay, what does that mean for Mike Strawn? What does that mean for the Colts' fifty-three man roster? Everyone, I don't know, seems to think the Colts are going to keep six wideouts. And my question would be this, Matt. Do you have room for six wideouts if you want to keep four tight ends? You know, if you only keep three tight ends, let's just throw out names. Mo Alleycox, um, Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods. That means you're cutting Will Mallory, a fifth-round pick. That means you're cutting Drew Ogletree, a sixth-round pick from the year prior. That right. means you're cutting a guy like Farrell Brown, who's played in the league, although his highlight last night was getting kicked out of practice. I mean, you'd be cutting some notable names. I kind of think keep four tight ends and only keep five wideouts. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of boils down to Shane Steichen's creativity. You know, he even though they're a tight end and, and not a wide receiver or vice versa, you know, he can still be creative and, and you know, dynamic and just scheming up pass catchers and, and guys that just play football and offense, for lack of a better term. So kind of throw out positions and just say, this is another guy that can, you know, be a game changer for us on offense, regardless of, of whether or not he's listed as a wide receiver or a tight end on the roster. Um, but, but to your point, I mean, maybe it kind of boils down to, like if you're Chris Ballard, you know, if, if I cut Will Mallory and I cut Drew Ogletree and I have to – you know, versus the idea of, of cutting a, of, you know, a sixth wide receiver, you know, like for lack of a better term, like which, which guy, which position is going to be harder to replace, you know, which, which position or which guy would be more of a threat to leave my team on the practice squad by being poached by somebody else, you know? So maybe it's, it's a, it's a situation where you have to like, you know, prioritize who you covet the most in, in terms of the roster construction. But yeah, Ashton Doolin's, his injury really complicates the roster in the sense that, you know, he was obviously a core special teams guy and you're right. I mean, you're going to keep at least five wide receivers, or at least that's the assumption. So that fifth guy is going to have to play, you know, some special teams and you look at some of the candidates there, they don't have a ton of special teams prowess and experience. You mentioned Strawn, um, you know, Jawan Winfrey, Malik Turner, Turner's played in the league. He's a five-year guy. Um, so he can definitely give you some value on offense. Um, but the, the, the guy that's really interesting to me is Perriman because he's a veteran as well. Been in the NFL since 2015. And, you know, he gives you some depth, you know, maybe a backup piece to, you know, spell um, Alec Pierce on the outside or Michael Pittman Jr. on the outside. He's also a big play receiver. I mean, he is a big-body guy, but he's got speed. He still has speed, even though he's going into his ninth season. It's still there. We saw that in, in the OTAs and, and training camp so far. You know, maybe he's a guy that can give you, like, a 25-yard catch every two to three games. You know, he's just a big-play receiver. And I looked up his numbers last year on special teams. Last year he played 41 snaps on special teams, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for him it was. Um, he's played 47 total special team snaps in his NFL career. So obviously he hasn't been asked to do a lot of that um, throughout his time in the NFL. But, you know, he took on a different role last year, made the team in Tampa, was, you know, kind of up and down on their roster between the practice squad and the active roster. But when he was up, he played teams. 
and and you know again played um, the, the most amount of special team snaps that he had played in his NFL career last season. So he can do it, and I think he would be willing to do it. Um, so given his experience and given his you know kind of specific skill set um, and his willingness to play special teams, and he might be a guy that's maybe more in the mix than we're thinking about right now. Matt, I realize, and I. I'm on board with the fact that this is this year is Anthony Richardson's team. I mean, the keys have been handed over to him. They're going to start him, and they're going to let him grow, as it should be. Gardner Minshew is an experienced guy. I think we probably only see him on the field if some, you know, if Anthony Richardson were to need a few games rest or you know he gets injured, whatever. And this sounds like a dumb question, no shock, but Minshew theoretically would run a different style, perhaps, offense of Anthony Richardson. Does that in any way, shape, or form necessitate for a tweak at the end of the roster to have a player or two that is there that would be applicable if Minshew is having to play in a game versus Richardson? And is it difficult for, say, the line or others to have to kind of know two different schemes, so to speak? Yeah, good, really good question. Um you know, I think with the mindset that, you know, on August whatever, you know, Shane Steichen announced that Anthony Richardson's going to be our guy not only for week one, but the entire season. Right. So I, I mean, you, so clearly it's his unless something were to come up. I realize that, right? Sure, sure. No, but, I mean, listen, this is the NFL. Stuff happens. I mean, we saw it last year. The Colts made four different uh, quarterback moves, and, you know, that affected the entire roster, you know, from a skill set standpoint, but also just – you know, familiarity and getting up to speed with different skill sets. So, no, I mean, it's it's a really good question. So I, I think initially you build the roster for Anthony Richardson. You know, how do we complement him? How do we get the most out of him and, and get him comfortable as quickly as possible? But I think, to your point, that's kind of what the practice squad is, is for. You know, you look at the slot-wide receiver uh, position. You look at Isaiah McKenzie and Josh Downs. Those are two guys that, you know, play similar um, – positions but they have different skill sets but you know they're kind of interchangeable based on you know where you're at in the field uh, the time and the score of the game right you get what i'm saying there so maybe amari rogers is the backup uh, guy to those players on the practice squad and then if, if one of those guys gets banged up you bring him up um and then if again a knock on wood you know something weird happens with anthony richardson where he can't play and you look at who you're playing that week, and you look at Gardner Minshew's skill set, and you're right, he does play differently. You know, the, the, the game plan on offense would be tailored differently uh, for Gardner Minshew. You know, high completion percentage, you know, in rhythm type of a thrower, intermediate throws, taking what the defense gives them. You know, maybe you move a guy up off the practice squad to complement uh, Minshew that week. So it's always kind of fluid. Um, it's, it's ebb and flow. Um, that's what I think the practice squad is for is to, you know, bank up skill sets and, you know, get more of a look from, from players that you like, that you covet, that you don't want to just, you know, obviously just cut bait with, um, continue to develop in your system. You continue to have an eye on them every single day in practice. So it's a good question. It's a good thought. And, you know, anything with a rookie quarterbacks on the table that that's unfortunately, um, how this goes, you know, a guy that's picking the top five, he's going to have some, some up and down moments. There's no doubt about that. It's not going to be perfect. And you're right. If if Anthony Richardson is not playing, that means something negative has happened. Either it's performance based or it's it's health. So you always have to have enough players sort of in the bank um, to be able to complement 
um, trying to win football games with a different quarterback if it gets to that point. Again, our coverage will begin tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Uh, it'll be Matt Taylor, Joe Wright, and Jeffrey Gorman once again on the radio call. And then Thursday for the final preseason game, we'll get back to the regular season lineup you will hear uh, on the Colts Radio Network, and that will be Rick Venturi alongside Matt Taylor and Lara Overton on the sidelines for that. Matt, have a great call tomorrow night. Looking forward to it, and uh, we'll chat with you next week from Philly. You got it, guys. Appreciate you. Am I the last guest on the show? You are the last guest in the history of this show. I don't know if that's something you want to put on the LinkedIn profile. I mean, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to respond to that. I feel like you guys are... I feel like the kid that has to pick. Like, I get Kevin during the week. I get Jake on the weekends. Typically like, typically on shows I've been on, Matt. This. Matt, typically on shows I've been on, when we have a last guest, nobody knew it. So, oh, well. So just, this I'll is a welcome change. Disa- yeah, I'll just disappear into the cornfield, you know, like Field of Dreams. It's like <laughs> <Right>. it never happened. <laughs> That's kind of like how the Reds have played baseball here over the last few weeks, Matt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even the wins are hard, man. Oh, so, brutal. Brutal, but hey, Brewers are losing, so clinging to hope here as the Blue Jays come to town. Matey, have a great call, man. All right, boys. Congratulations again. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We find out the meaning of the song yesterday, and now suddenly it's Mark's favorite hit to spin. I thought it'd be funny to play, considering we were like, oh yeah, it's about bars and closing. Actually, it's about like birth or something, which I've looked at the lyrics. I still don't get how this well, is. Like, I, shout out to Maddie song. Bowen. That's what she was saying. Um, should be called crowning time. Then, if it's called okay, well, I'm just okay. saying. Boy, this 16 ounce PBR looks delicious, especially after that. <laughs> right. Absolutely delicious. Thank you to Q, by the way. Dropped off nice cold, cold 12 pack of PBR, and we'll be at the back nine golf outing in a little over an hour. Jake, as you pointed out, uh, even if you're not signed up to play, just come out. That's right. You can come Hang by. Out with us. Um, sign up for. The silent auction items, so, and, and there are a lot of great ones. I mean, Colts items, Speedway-related items. Um, Nobody works on a Friday anyway. Speedway, ton of good stuff. Ton of good stuff. Uh, if you missed it earlier, Mark Dykton put together an incredible montage over the last 21 months, and we will end the show today with that. Think uh, one shining moment for those that missed it earlier mark's finest work which is saying something that's right that's right uh big weekend planned for you kev uh we are luke bryan concert bound tonight i cannot tell you the last time i've been to klipsh now is he healthy though yeah i don't want to jinx anything he hasn't he canceled a few lately yeah mark were you calling maddie a liar by saying that okay Uh uh-huh uh-huh i actually never heard that you sure about that uh, yeah, he was. I think he was in Cincinnati. What's it called? River Bend? Is that the Cincinnati? Stop. He was supposed to be River Bend last night, and so I, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna lie. He's having it's- vocal strains. Uh, he canceled his fourth concert two days ago. Fourth concert in a row. Was that the Cincinnati one? 
That was. Um, I mean, I I'll be honest. I'm not really. I'm in. That for was the, Mississippi. I'm in it for the camaraderie and have a PBR on a Friday night on a nice Friday night. Not the biggest Luke Bryan fan. If we'll be totally transparent, I would never disparage the good name of Maddie Bowen. I believe her. No, I just had never sure. heard that I didn't, before. No, I wasn't like that when I saw Ashley last night, Mark. I'm going to remember that one. Uh-huh, Mark, uh-huh. you remember. You and I are staying together. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> you two just... Listen, you don't You don't have Henry Clay here anymore, right? That's a great reference that no one gets. He's the great compromiser. <laughs> Scotty knows what I'm talking about. Henry Clay, the great compromiser. Ran on... Is that our Billy Beer from 1970? Yeah. Ran unsuccessfully for president on a major ticket more than any man in U.S. history. Uh, Corey goes, I'll be working the, the concert tonight. We have not received any word. It has been canceled. Okay, so, good. There you go. And then, obviously, the preseason game tomorrow. So, yeah. How about you? You got anything, Jake? Uh, we are going to see Big Head Todd the Monsters on Sunday. Man, we're all concert at Rock the Ruins. Shannon went to high school with Todd. Really? Yeah. Did he have a big head then? <laughs> he, no, it, back he wasn't famous yet. Okay. Once he got famous, apparently, very big head. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Now, the Monsters, on the other hand... They apparently were some serious troublemakers. Right? Mark, anything for you, girl? You we guys? are we're going to Jimmy Eat World tonight at TCU, so that should be fun. Your seats in the middle? They are. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? But we're going to do that, and then uh, Saturday I think we're going to Colts Bears, so should be fun. By the way, I did not get a chance to. Uh, I I did reach out and ask a few people. Um, and I appreciated a year ago during preseason, we did a program where, where people would send me their tickets that couldn't go, and we were forwarding those. Um, one of the schools where I did that a year ago is not yet in session, and the other one, the 100 Black Men, which works with uh, underprivileged youth in Indianapolis in, in mentoring programs, they have not yet started their calendar year of the mentorship. So we will probably try to do that for one more preseason game, but it was too early to do it for this preseason game. Several people had asked, and so I appreciate those the interest there. Um, Kevin, you will inevitably I don't you know, in terms of scoring at our golf outing, you will win, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't really know how the uh, scoring system works. I mean, you're the best golfer amongst anybody, right? I'm just looking to drink a beer and chat with some people. I mean, you're a state champion golfer. Mark, are you a good golfer? Uh, no. I golf like once a year. Really? Yeah. Sounds like Andy Sweeney's not much of a golfer either. I... Then you play golf and you're going to like it. <laughs> I Listen, in terms of you being the dominant golfer on a program, if Andy's not much of a golfer, that continues a tradition because I've... Never been much of one either. Jake, I will echo something that my dad said to me very early in our relationship of your brain is a filing cabinet. I tend to think of that as a compliment. You kind of open it up. You never know what's going to pop out of there. And I think it is made for, in my opinion, um, a great show. So I'm going to miss that. And I think noon to three is outstanding. Totally get from a station standpoint, uh, putting you in that time slot. But selfishly, uh, I'm going to miss uh, having you alongside me here for these three hours. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun, guys. I mean, no question about it. Um, you know, coming in here, and I, and I, like I said, I've always been appreciative of the fact that the last thing you probably needed was, you know, some 50-year-old guy to come in here. But 
Um, we've had a lot of fun, undoubtedly. Kevin, it was neat to me that on my 50th birthday, you guys went out of your way to schedule. My, you know, you, we did the show during my 50th birthday, and you put together – it was really pretty special to me how you, you guys went back and found people that I grew up with and had them record stuff, which was really cool. We really just wanted um, to get the bingo card filled that day. <laughs> you, you didn't get any audio from Farkas. Um, but, you know, for Kevin, for you to come to my party was awesome. I've had so much fun. I just – for me personally, when they came to me noon to three uh, and and threw that at me and to work with Jimmy and to work with you know James and some of the guys we're going to work with, I was excited about that and to not have to get up early. I'm going to be honest. I will miss you guys for sure. And we've had a lot of fun and I appreciate it and everybody that listened. And now, hopefully that means they will continue listening to this station throughout the course of the day as they've done through the midday and will continue to do so. And um, I look forward to hearing Andy with you guys and having fun with it. So it has with, been a lot of fun. I agree with Kevin. Uh, sentiments to moving new. You you will be missed, though. Uh, I've been in radio for nine years, and I told Ashley last night, by far this has been the funnest time of my life has been with you two guys every morning. So really appreciate it. Going to miss you, Jake, but we will still be coworkers and whatnot. It will. Just, it was always just fun coming in yeah, just on a morning. Don't call me before 11. Enjoy the sleep, and no better way, in my opinion, to end it than this terrific montage from Mark Dykton. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. We asked America. Blank is a show that's both educational and entertaining. I didn't even know the Olympics dated back to 1904. Kevin, they've been doing the Olympics since they were nude guys in Athens. This sounds weird. You want to touch it? Kevin, do not touch that. Nice little oh plop my God. there. You see that spoon? Let's see if we can get the plop on the sound effects here. How good are our microphones here? Oh, that was, that was, that was a big right there. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. To potentially Will Levis being the oh, Colts man, quarterback. No. You can't you can't look at it. See you on the other side. Get away from me. You're going to oh, yak. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put some blood in your pencil. Oh, hell. I couldn't care less about the team struggling. I want to kiss you. Thanks, Joe. I'm yeah. Huge compliment. Yeah. I'm Bernard Ryman, and I'll be back. Now, the big... Somebody please this screenshot Kevin looking at poop on the uh, YouTube chat, please. <laughs> that element, that, that's a turd. Let's kick some ass. I'm blowing Mark 43. Whoa, 43 here. Easy. Yeah, no. not, yeah, not, that was a little not too literally. spread out I'm there. Bl- I love you, Mark Dykton. I got a cramp again. Mom, come rub this one out of me. Excuse me? <laughs> wow. Can we clip that out for you, Mark? Is that okay. how it can go? Yeah. If you've got problems with your nip, uh, your, your, not your nips, that's for sure. I'd need all the drugs in the world. I'll take Tennessee just because their back's against the wall. And they're not, but I'll tell you what, man. If Tennessee drops this one, Katie, bar the door. Buttholes. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. What? Okay. Clinching. You got to be graphic and detailed. It's here. our Christmas show, and you're dropping <laughs> the bee hole. Can you believe they decided to do away with this program? I mean, come on. What are, what are we doing here? Well, Effa. We have Matt Ryan. Are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare here. Uh, yesterday, did you happen to watch? Uh, I saw the Alpha Hitchcock movie. How's that? Is that okay? That was, that was all right. That was yes! Okay. That was yes! 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 Y
Well, have you been to uh, Santiago, Chile? Twice last year. Who's been to Santiago, Chile twice in one year? I've never even been in Jersey! Okay, okay, just take it easy. There are certain areas where you should just simply heed the advice of your elder, of your senior, of your, of your leader and captain. And I've told you for weeks on end, this was a terrible idea that was horribly disgusting. Well, I say we end with, with this as you guys can follow me. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hold up. <laughs> we will. We Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.